How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud Podcast. I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. And we're back for episode 16. The Kings actually had a pretty good week. I shouldn't have any complaints, except for that it ended in the worst way possible. So I have plenty of complaints. I'm still upset about it. A whole day later and I'm still furious. Yeah, it's been more than a day since this game ended. It's still frustrating every time I think about it, even try to like rationalize why it's not so bad. No, it's irritating that this it, happened. Like an itch you can't scratch. It's yeah. there in the back <laughs> of your mind. Exactly. Uh, but before we get into that really quick about the, the Detroit Red Wings game and what the hot mess it turned into at the end, quick um, standings for you. The Kings record is now 29, 14, and 6. They are four points behind the San Jose Sharks with two games in hand. So they, if they win the next two, they're caught up. They got, you know, fighting chance to pass them in the division again. Whatever. That's fine. Points leader Andre Kopitar with 39 points. He's got 13 goals and 26 assists. Jeff Carter is now up to 18 goals. He's still a leading goal scorer for the Kings, um, as is expected because he's Jeff Carter. He actually also even had a goal in this Red Wings game that they played. He should have had the game-winning goal, (laughs) but he didn't because of craziness. Because instead, the Joe Louis Arena scored the game-tying goal for the Detroit Red Wings. Congratulations to the netting in the Joe Louis Arena, who really was just the key player, apparently. I tuned into this game thinking that it would be kind of chill, actually. And the first period really was. Like, they had a brutal game versus the Canucks, and then they had kind of a rough game against the Blues. Some shenanigans took place there. I thought, they don't have any problems with the Red Wings. It's not going to be out of control. The first period, pretty calm. Um, The Kings took one penalty, and then the Red Wings had a bench penalty, so nobody scored. It was whatever. I was, like, half watching because I was doing other things. But then the second period, I tuned in because suddenly, scrums. Kyle Clifford slides into Jimmy Howard. Jimmy Howard takes exception to this, pushes around Kyle Clifford while he's down on the ice a little bit, and Mike Richards later decides to stand up for Kyle Clifford and get in Jimmy Howard's face because he's like, you know what, that's messed up. How are you going to push the dude? And Jimmy Howard pushes around Mike Richards a little bit and some teammates try to get Mike Richards off of Jimmy Howard or keep him away from him because he wasn't really on him. But then, commercial break, and when you come back from it, Jim Fox is like, hey, look what happened. Jonathan Quick gets into it too. And they mentioned that he had like skated up um, as far as he could before the commercial break to sort of like watch what was going to happen because people were starting to, you know, push each other around and look like maybe it was going to turn into something and it didn't really. But then they go to commercial break and when Jonathan Quick, Jonathan Quick is able to move a little freely, a little more freely, he goes up to Jimmy, Jimmy Howard, pushes at him, starts talking crap. You don't hear what he's saying, but he's got his head going and that way that you know it's it could be on any second. He has his head going. He's got the arms like kind of thrown up, and you can kind of see the like. Um, excuse me, you did not do that to uh, <laughs> Mike Richards' kind of body language going. 
And it is quite possibly the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. Somebody, I think, said on Twitter, uh, one of my friends, so it doesn't matter that I don't say their name, one of my friends (laughs) said that he had, like, his full-on valley girl head going, you know, when you're, like, talking to somebody, talking... um, just talking major trash and that's all I can think of now oh it was like clueless it was like clueless style uh trash talking is what I was thinking of (laughs) yeah like had he not had his gloves on stuff he like probably would have had a finger up as well that's what I fully expect (laughs) most most likely yes (laughs) so that was amazing to see for me and then actually just to take it away from the game uh really quick uh, Dana Wakiji from Fox Sports Detroit had quotes after, and I didn't really see anybody else post these, and I thought it was great, um, on Twitter. One of them from, uh, well, first from Jimmy Howard, when he was asked about what happened with him and Jonathan Quick, he said, oh, we were just discussing what we were going to do over in Sochi together, who we were going to bring. I told him I was bringing my parents and my sister, and I asked him who he was bringing, so it was a good discussion, <laughs> which was hilarious to me i want that to be true though like if someone could record audio over that fight um (laughs) with them saying that that would be swell just like kind of aggressively talking about it like hey you third like third goalie who are you bringing (laughs) to the olympics yeah it made me think of whatever cell phone commercials that were out a while back or it was like people yelling at each other but saying like really nice things and oh like the way that we want to do when we go to Kings games, instead of yelling at them to shoot the puck or like, I don't know, booing their power play or whatever, we'll instead uh, just yell nice butt or sweet pass. Right. Or, You're doing a um, great good, job. Good You're doing a good job. That was a sweet hair flip. You know, so on and yeah, so forth. Exactly. So I, I really hope that that was the discussion. But it, it, it wasn't. I already know. Because another <laughs> quote is that... Um, Kyle Quincy was asked what happened because then later on, like Jimmy Howard and John McQuick were still kind of yapping back and forth at each other when they went back to their respective benches and standing right outside of them. And Kyle Quincy was like standing there just like laughing and smiling at it. He thought it was highly amusing. And so he was asked what happened. And he said that Jimmy started it and Quickie came in and answered him and said, if you're going to push our guys, I'm going to push your guys. So cool. Don't mess with Jonathan Quick. He's there for his teammates. He will come out of his net. I love how feisty King's goalies are. He wasn't even the goal, the only goalie like that day to, to get into something. <laughs> <laughs> something something in the air, apparently. Yeah. Like cause in the AHL, um, Jeff Barube right hooks a guy. Stops you know, stops a puck, right hook. I I'm sure Martin Jones right now, um, after figuring out how to not have a crappy password apparently to Twitter and get it hacked <laughs> is like taking, he's like, should I take boxing lessons? Right. <laughs> like so there's well. a kickboxing lesson at my gym. Should I take this? Yeah. I feel like I should. I super cannot imagine Martin Jones fighting mostly because I don't, I can't imagine him ever getting upset about anything. He is so eerily calm and it would be like a small baby deer <laughs> trying to fight someone. Just, like, big eyes, big eyes trying to, like, jab you in the face. I don't know. I can't, I can't actually imagine it. <laughs> Maybe he just, like, steps to somebody and just, like, looks at them with his, like, big emotionless eyes. And it's very hypnotizing. And they just stop. They just can't even fight anymore. They're like, never mind. I don't want to do this. You're yeah. scary. Martin Jones with some Jedi mind tricks probably actually is what would happen. <laughs> uh, that would be phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, so Quick and Howard didn't actually fight. They, he Quick has not gone full Bernier yet. 
but it was pretty uh, entertaining for me to see. And then game goes on. Mike Richards, congratulations to him. This, um, I think it actually happened before the shenanigans with the goalies. Like now I can't remember the order of the game, whatever. Mike Richards at some point scores a goal and it's a power play goal, which is pretty fantastic. So he hadn't scored in 23 games. He hadn't scored since something like November, which is crazy. And we've given him a lot of crap, but he's he's played a little better. He's been really vibing for it. And he had a goal that got waved off in the Canucks game. Tonight, it's a real goal. It's not waved off. It counts. Good stuff. And heading into the third period, he then picks up another point, an assist this time on Jeff Carter's power play goal. So a couple things. Mike Richards being effective, Jeff Carter scoring more goals Mike with a Mike Richards assist, which we haven't seen in a while. In I mean, ages. It, yeah, in it's, ages. it's been a little while. And those are always fun. And then Kings are up 2-1 now, and they've got two power play goals, which what? They score those still? I didn't know. That's great. I mean, when when they don't score one on a seven-minute power play, I just expect them to never score one ever again. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Even in the Red Wings game, people were like, the craziest thing about the Kings power play being ranked ranked 25th or 26th, 26th, was that there are four teams who are somehow have worse power plays. How frustrating must that be? Because I'm thinking of how frustrated I am watching the Kings uh, and their power play. Like, what is it like watching those other four teams? Right. How dejected are they being like, oh, we have a power play? Damn it. <laughs> can we just get rid of it? I mean, that's how I feel watching Kings power plays most of the time. Can they just, can we just not? Yep. So, but but they make it happen twice. Uh, they, they had four uh, man advantages and they scored on two of them. So that's pretty good. And then they should have won the game. They made it all the way down to... Uh, 30 seconds left, right? 30 seconds left. And we've seen them give up goals very late. So that wouldn't have been surprising in and of itself. But this time, what makes it so frustrating this time, as you all know, because you are all watching it and frustrated just like us, is this goal should not have counted. They get a goal against that went up into the netting, comes down from heaven and hits Jonathan Quick in the back and goes into the net and somehow it's a good goal. And okay, so I listened to this on the radio um, in a very public space, by the way. So that was embarrassing. From the way they described it, I didn't realize how far, like until I watched the clip later that evening, I didn't realize how far up the puck was, like how far up past the glass um, that it hit. And that made me so angry. Like it's one thing if it hits the netting, like kind of just above the glass and you're like, okay, fine. You know, the refs didn't see it. Uh, it, bad, like a bad luck for the Kings. We know that they're having bad luck right now anyway, with scoring goals, who cares? You know, we'll all move on. Like that would be reasonable, but that thing is like feet, like, I don't know, a mile away from the glass and bounced back onto the ice and yeah, it's somehow good. in the stratosphere is where yeah. that puck was. And it comes down, hits down on the quick in the back. And no one saw it. Not a single person. No rep. Somehow no one sees it. I'm still like, you have four guys on the ice. At least one of them should be paying very specific attention to where the puck goes. But no. I believe it was Jack Wilson who pointed out that this almost, something very similar, not exactly the same, but similar, almost happened to the Kings in that Sharks game that they played a while back where it went up into the netting and everybody on the ice lost sight of it came they found it again 
the sharks almost get a goal, but somehow in a very, what feels rare <laughs> moment, the Kings have great luck and Martin Jones like sweeps his hand back to just keep it out. Yeah. So it could have been burned there, actually burned in this past game. And I just feel like that's number two now for Jonathan Quick with like crazy goalie misfortune. I feel like he has to be due for something pretty great because that sucks. That's terrible. Like there is no way that you can save that. He is like in position in net and it like lays perfectly on his back and in. Yeah, yeah. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I hate it. I hate it so much. I, I feel like there's only been one thing so far this season that was dumber, and that is, of course, Mike Smith's butt goal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like just a step above that in terms of terrible things. <laughs> I was so infuriated by it that I am in a public space, not in a, well, I guess some people like hockey in where I am, but Um, and I just had, like, people were talking sports around me, so if anyone had a passing interest in sports, I'm like, hey, do you watch hockey? You don't? Okay, that's fine. Let me tell you what just happened, because I am angry, and so I found a lot of people to talk at about how awful and horrendous this was, so I've informed, there, there are random passerbys in Park City, Utah, who now know, um, the travesty of what happened to this King's uh, Red Wings game, but literally nothing else about hockey. I hate it. I hate it because it's a goal against uh, Jonathan Quick, who has been doing really well since coming back from injury. I hate that. that It messes with his save percentage even slightly. And I hate the fact that it also was during a Red Wings power play. So it technically counts as a power play goal against. That's trash. It's all bad. And then it happens 30 seconds before the end of the game. So it goes into overtime Nobody scores scores in overtime, and then Kings lose in the shootout. So now they get one point in a game that they should have won in regulation. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, you know they could have done better in the shootout, but the shootout's dumb. So right, yeah. Uh, that shouldn't count. Frustrating. Ugh. And I mean, I'm not mad. Like at the Red Wings, I like a number of players on that team or whatever. I am frustrated at the refereeing because. Somebody should have been watching. And I'm also frustrated at the limitations of the NHL rulebook, which did not allow that goal to be reviewed on video, which makes it abundantly clear when you look at it that it hit the netting. Uh, Yeah, it was terrible. (sighs) But I did enjoy some quotes after from Daryl Sutter and even Dean Lombardi got pretty heated and it was great. Dean Lombardi said very passionately, Coaches get fired, GMs get fired, but somebody's got to be held accountable. He said a little bit more, but that was what John Rosen tweeted from um, the LA Kings Insider Twitter. And everything that Daryl Sutter said is absolute gold. I have to open up the one specific one. Or he goes, okay, they could see the puck when Dwight King covered it with his hand, but they couldn't see it when it went over the barn and came back in. Hell, just think, if there wasn't a net there, they could have caught it, thrown it back in, scored, and they still had time and nobody would have seen it. What are you going to do at the outdoor game? What happens if it goes through a cumulus cloud and comes back down? <laughs> That's amazing. It, that's that is a magnificent quote. That is another quote um, in the Daryl Sutter lexicon that needs to be cross stitched and framed and hung somewhere. <laughs> so good. So I appreciate that you know, and, and and like all the players that they asked about it were, of course, you know, did their best to sort of 
wave it off like oh yeah they got a goal but whatever these things sort of balance themselves out because of course the players can't really be like yeah that was total bullshit without getting a lot of flack cronwall on the red wings who got credited with the goal because he was the one who originally shot it high got or said in to the press you know my goal shouldn't have counted i mean thanks for saying that after the fact guy i mean whatever i appreciate that you said it but still come on what does that yeah. mean for me yeah. But other than that, the players don't really say a whole lot about it. But I'm so I'm really glad that like the coaches and everybody sort of around them has been like making so many jokes. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I everyone knows that it was unfair. You know, we can all yell about it. And we are right now um, yelling about how unfair it is. But they all know it is what it is. You got to move on. Park and ride, as Daryl Sutter likes to say. And uh, so it's it's good that they're getting uh, having a little bit of fun taking some some jabs at it to kind of lighten that lighten it up and know that they just have to move on and uh, not not let that happen. I feel like now that there's been so much stuff over it, um, anything weird like that that's going to happen, the refs are going to just be like, okay, maybe it didn't. Maybe it did go off like the netting and be like extremely careful about anything that's not a reviewable uh, goal. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to be. I feel like they should have there. You know, when you have 30 seconds left in the game, I would have taken a little bit more time and thought about it real hard. Um, unfortunately, the rules didn't allow the refs any extra help on that too, so they just had to go with what they saw, which apparently was nothing. And now it's over. Um, one other thing that Daryl Sutter did say was they asked someone asked him, you know, like, what happens next for the Kings? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, obviously, we're going to lose the next game now because they scored that goal or like play terribly now. Yeah, which I thought was great as well. They're swallowing it and moving on. It's entirely frustrating. But I hope that puts a little fire in them to just do better. Because then obviously, the other thing you think is, well, if they had just scored more goals, it wouldn't have mattered. Yep, that's true. That's very true. Speaking of people who score goals, we can move on to something else that I was super frustrated about this week and continue to be frustrated about. On Tuesday, Tyler Toffoli gets sent back to the AHL. Why did this happen? After we were so excited that it seemed like he had finally cracked the NHL for good and he was going to be a king and that was it, he gets sent down. But he is not going to go down quietly, uh, which is very good for the Manchester Monarchs because... When he was sent back, he scored a natural hat trick during the third period and uh, showed everyone what they're missing. And it actually kind of like made me think, I'm like, okay, so he goes back to his old team, scores this natural hat trick. What is going on with the way the Kings play that yeah. he can't do that? You know, I mean, I know he would be against the defensemen and the goalies, like NHL caliber defensemen and goalies, but still not even one goal. One measly goal since his last goal in, like, early December or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's true. Like, you can't deny his goal scoring had gone a little cold. But he came in really hot and scored a bunch. So, of course, he was probably going to have, like, a lesser stretch. And But the thing that frustrated me the most about him getting sent down was it wasn't like he was the only one. And it kind of felt like he got sent down because he was the only person that could be moved. Part of it people pointed out was that like you could only play a certain amount of games on the run up to Sochi. So setting him down makes him eligible to keep playing through that break, 
which is good for him because it is his first or it was supposed to be his first like almost full year it's good to keep him playing rather than just sit for two weeks but also there were comments about how like some of it was just based on performance and if that is true in any way i'm like that's shitty what then then why isn't fraser lacing up his manchester monarchs uh, <laughs> letter and i in a post that i made said you know the same thing about like at the time because we're going to talk about this too it has changed slightly trevor lewis hadn't scored any goals should have been waived a month ago or yeah something yeah but you can't because you know those guys might get claimed I, well i don't know does anybody want colin frazier i don't know those guys potentially could get claimed or whatever and to foley you can send him back and forth without consequence right now. I hope he's not gone very long. I think it's really unfortunate that he is gone right now, but he is doing great in the AHL. I guess, I think his first game back, he kind of, you know, guys are targeting him a little bit, so he didn't score, but responded with a natural hattie. And I, in my mind, every goal was a fuck you, because that's how I feel. But I don't know, maybe he's maybe he's less aggro. Every time he shot it into the net, he thought of like a particular person or a particular conversation or a particular like point that someone made. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck you. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. That's how I would be thinking. Just respond with your play. I respect that. Um, I very much enjoy that you decided to describe him as aggro, though. <laughs> uh, because one, that's not a word that I've heard used in quite a while. And two, uh, it's just hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny that it's Toffoli. I mean, it'd be funnier if it were like Martin Jones, but it's not. But it's still it's still great. And then I think of the aggro crag, which is a shout out to our generation's uh, Nickelodeon games. Yes. Like game shows or whatever. So yes. that's a fun little, uh, that's, a, that's a fancy, fun little aside for everyone there. But to be fair, I said t- Tyler Toffoli was less aggro than I am. So at least not terrible other big news mildly shocking i guess not like not really but kind of when it happened was a little unexpected ben scrivens traded to the edmonton oilers he was traded for a third round pick when i saw the trade had happened i was like really just a third round pick but then it was pointed out by people even though scrivens had played some amazing games for the kings at the time he had only played 51 nhl games or started 51 NHL games. So he was a backup still. So third round pick, not too bad. You know, Dean Lombardi has got something else up his sleeve. I thought maybe he would try to go for one of Edmonton's many left wings. They have so many of them. But I guess not, or at least not right now. Um, I feel very poor or very bad for uh, for Ben Scrimmins to be back in the tundra wasteland that is Edmonton. Although apparently it's his hometown, though. So. Right, right. So he's a little used to it. Although... I mean, from his response on Twitter that night, it didn't seem like he felt too welcomed because he ripped into a writer who put together this piece that was like, you know, who really got the short end of the trade was his wife. And they had taken a bunch of tweets that about her talking about how great California was and the weather and whatnot. And Ben Scrivens thought that that was misrepresenting her grossly. The thing about it that people pointed out later was that the post was a little bit of a ripoff of Sean Gentile's post. Anyway, Ben Scrivens unleashed in five five tweets. The two were directed specifically at the writer, and then three others, which it seemed like 
got, you know, to him a little bit more were directed at people who had commented and who said some things about her just like wanting to marry rich or implying that she wasn't very smart or something like that. So another King's now former King's goalie being a little feisty out in the world. Um, yeah, it was really pretty great. But then I was just like, someone needs to teach Ben Scrivens about the internet because uh, Jen Scrivens the other day, the other week, month, something like that, uh, asked her followers, you know, do you read every tweet on your timeline? And she clarified that she doesn't, she'll scam, but that Ben Scrivens does. He reads every single thing that he's mentioned in. And, and then he went, so he read this article and then he went to go read the comments you never read the comments of, (laughs) like, internet blogs. That's just asking for trouble most of the time. Like, obviously not, it's not on the level of, like, YouTube comments, which are garbage, but uh, still, if you want to save yourself, don't read the comment section, ever. (laughs) That is Internet 101, men's garbage. You should know. Yeah. But what I was, I also was, like, highly amused because then I saw, I don't know if other people replied, but the only, like, other person I saw really jump in was Tyler Bozak. (laughs) <laughs> just being like, yeah, Ben Skirman, some people just have no respect. And I thought that was really funny for some reason. It, it's funny to me because I just imagine him and Phil Kessel and their dog or one of their dogs, whoever. I, I call it their dog, just sitting on the couch together and as Bozy is typing that. Um, thank you 24 seven for, <laughs> yeah. for putting that image in my head. Giving us the visual on that. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so kind of a rough start to Ben Skurin's time in Edmonton. I am trying really hard. I have to go to New York at the beginning of February and I will be out there the same time that the Oilers play the New York Rangers. And so now I really want to see, assuming that he starts, I would like to see that game to see what Ben Scribbins is doing on his new team. He had a rough game. His first one, he let in four goals, I believe. But it's the Oilers. It must be hard to go from playing for the best defensive team in the league to one of the worst. Poor Ben Scribbins. Yeah, that must that, that must be rough. That's, a, that's definitely a change. <laughs> But hopefully he can help them out. Is he another wizened old guy on that team? Oh, I mean, I think technically he's like the youngest of the wizened old. But he he just seems so much more mature than everyone else. And I think you were the one who pointed out that like him and Andrew Ferentz and like Briz should all do some sort of podcast together. It would be the best. I would would listen to every episode. I would listen to every episode twice a day. That's probably the only saving grace of uh, Ben Scribbins being on the Oilers. (laughs) is his side career as a science and philosophy podcaster. Yes. I agree. I agree. That is correct. (laughs) So those are kind of the moves. Um, Obviously, with Toffoli and Ben Scrivens being moved, Martin Jones was called up. So, I mean, now I'm sort of hesitant to ever say that somebody is, like, on the Kings for sure. But I think this is Martin Jones as Jonathan Quick's backup is the thing. It seems like. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for him and for myself. Really glad for him to be back up. Hopefully he can continue to play really well. Obviously probably won't be called upon that much unless Jonathan Quick, I don't know, starts to suck immensely out of nowhere. Probably won't see a whole lot of Martin Jones, but when he is called upon, I hope he plays really well because obviously he made a great impression on everybody his first time. And I would like to see that continue. And I'm really glad when guys crack the lineup and seem to have a spot on the team um, and really earn it. And I think he has. Lyndon Vey, also back. Um, and Tanner Pearson's still around. 
Here's the thing about Tanner Pearson and Neve. They haven't played. I mean, Tanner Pearson played very briefly in the Canucks game, but because that game was <laughs> such a ridiculous hot mess, him and Tyler Toffoli played like five minutes, so barely at all, and Tanner Pearson hasn't played since. Linda Vega called up has not played since he got back. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of not hilarious, but sort of hilarious that uh, Toffoli and Pearson had to be kind of saved during that Canucks game, you know, instead of <laughs> yeah. uh, sending them out to their probable doom um, in getting killed by the Canucks. They were just like, you know, just sit on the bench a little more. You're right. fine. Don't you move. We'll just keep you guys sheltered. It's it's fine. So, and they haven't played against then. So, I, I would really like to see both Tanner Pearson and Lyndon Vey play some more. I think Lyndon Vey has great potential. Um, I think Tanner Pearson has a little bit more to work on just in terms of maintaining puck possession and control and whatnot. But he did okay when he was first up here, and I would like to see more of him and have both of them adjust a little more. I think it's great for them to possibly have an opportunity to get more NHL play before going back down to Manchester during the Olympic break. They probably won't be in the lineup for the Bruins game happening, but I don't know, maybe after that. But even with that, without them in the lineup, the Kings had a great game against the St. Louis Blues. By great game, I mean Trevor Lewis scored two goals. I'm literally speechless over it. Um, I <laughs> I was working, so I suddenly, I feel my phone ring kind of buzz in my pocket, and I didn't know what it was, but I kind of ignored it. And then it kept buzzing and buzzing and more buzzing. <laughs> and I finally look, and Trevor Lewis has scored not one, but two goals. Um, made a fool of myself because I was so happy for Trevor Lewis. Um, and, but I'm bummed that it didn't happen at the Staples Center because as we were saying in our last podcast, we wanted to smuggle in confetti in order to throw down onto, um, our surrounding, you know, patrons, uh, the ice, wherever anyone we could find. Um, but instead he had to score, uh, his two, his first two goals of the season in uh, hostile territory. And I mean, although like if you have to pick any sort of hostile territory, I think against the St. Louis Blues is probably one of the most entertaining oh for sure for that to happen in and it was great um i was watching and that first goal happened that they originally credited to dwight king and everybody like on the replay was like i don't think that hit dwight king i think it hit the blues player and thus is still trevor lewis's goal like first we were stoked because he had another point um (laughs) which would have been great but then it was like, oh, no, not just an assist. That's his first goal. And you can see, like, in when they're celebrating on the ice, even Dwight King knows it. Like, that puck didn't touch me. So he, they're talking, and Trevor Lewis, you see the moment where he's like, my goal? And then, like, freaks <laughs> out. It's so beautiful. And that so makes great. me so happy. Everyone is so excited. He gets, like, the most joyful face wash I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Um, and it. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm so happy. And so as, as delightful as that is, and the reaction that, uh, him and his teammates had for that goal, the fact that he, cause I, I mean, when, when he wasn't scoring goals, we were being optimistic and talking about how, uh, well he completed the little things, you know, uh, one of them being his speed. Cause he, of all the people on the Kings, he's probably one of the speediest players. Mm-hmm. And he definitely used that to his advantage against the Blues as he just, like, raced up the ice. And you see the Blues player being like, yeah, I'm not going to – I'm done with this. I'm not going to catch up. Halak, 
I don't know, fumbles it somehow, and he scores a shorthanded goal. So not only is Trevor Lewis someone a person who is scoring goals now, but he is someone who is scoring shorthanded ones. The first goal was weird because of the fact that it was kind of, it was like unsure who had scored it the first time. But then, you know, as people are still talking about like, holy crap, like that's Trevor Lewis's goal, like give it to him. He makes this beautiful shorthanded wraparound situation happen. And it's also like on top of the fact that it is like one of the few times in recent history where a goalie misplaying the puck has been in the King's favor. Yes. <laughs> and he buries it. It's amazing. Everybody's freaking out because Trevor Lewis has not scored once but twice. And it's always been a joke where we're like, okay, this is the game. This is the one where Trevor Lewis scores a hat trick and then punches pe- someone in the face. It almost came so to fruition. Close. But Trevor Lewis did a very Trevor Lewisy thing and missed an open <laughs> net. <laughs> yes. It could have been the crazy hat trick game of our dreams, but Trevor Lewis versus Empty Net. Empty Net's like infinity right now. Trevor Lewis, <laughs> zero. Uh, and Jeff Carter like tried to help him out with it and just, uh, no go. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Carter was like, I can't let this continue. So he just scored the empty netter. And there was a shot of him talking to Trevor Lewis on the bench. And all I could imagine was him like giving Trevor Lewis crap for having missed <laughs> the empty net. Like the easiest hat trick ever come on he's like it's like why did you try that deke there is not a goalie there (laughs) just shoot it that's all you had to do you big dummy this is why you're this is why you're always picking up pucks at the end of practice (laughs) right here yeah but pretty close and still the two goals amazing so um i was stoked obviously posted the celebration video that we had talked about like having things ready and i'm quite excited that i finally got to post it i would just like to say that i started working on that in like november thought maybe i would never actually get to finish it and post it but it's happened now i feel great about it i feel great about trevor lewis hopefully he scores some more goals very soon it would have been a travesty if you hadn't gotten to to post that i would have just been like you just just post it anyway i can't i can't believe that we live in a post trevor lewis not scoring goals world now that we actually have to expect things from him Mm -hmm. as a person who scores goals is that is that the life that we lead now apparently so now he has more points than all three of the goaltenders who've played for the kings this season although jonathan quick right on his heels (laughs) because he got an assist like when they you know redid the credits for the first goal that Trevor lewis scored taking dwight king out of that Jonathan Quick gets the secondary assist. So now he's got two points. Trevor Lewis is three. Watch out, Trevor Lewis. You really need to produce some more. Who has the most who has the most points in the NHL in terms of like goalie points? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Is like, like is there someone else who has an assist as like two assists like uh like Jonathan Quick does? Um, I don't that I don't know. I would have to look that up. I know, I mean, Mike Smith still has his goal. <laughs> so but That's I don't true. know if he's picked up any more points. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I have to check that one out. That's a good question. See <laughs> I'll take any sort of weird stat so that Jonathan Quick can have uh, have the lead. Yeah. Um. I am, as everybody should know by now, I am forever in where's Jonathan Quick in terms of being so successful. And so after every game, I gleefully check his save percentage to see if it's improved. Since coming back, he has gone from a 
905 save percentage to it's up to 918 even with that super dumb goal against in the Red Wings game it went up because before that game it was at like 915 so now up to 918 still climbing keep doing it I'm so excited and all, having the assist as well and he, he's gotten another shutout this week everything's coming up quickie I would like it to keep that way except for that dumb goal yeah we all we ha- I think we all have to go th- through like this seven step whatever however many steps in order to to get through this. Yeah, we're obviously at the rage and anger portion. <laughs> it's so true. Another thing on this Blues game though, Jake Muzzin was a menace during this game. Like it like not even like Dustin Brown didn't make any noise <laughs> in comparison to what Jake Muzzin did during this Blues game. First he opened the scoring. He scored the first goal, which great job. Then you know he takes. I think a couple penalties and at one point he hits Vladimir Saboka in the head elbow to the head it happened we all saw it and everybody's like Jake Muzzin you're getting suspended for that you're going away goddamn but actually he gets no call from player safety at all no fine no suspension nothing they didn't even say anything about it lucky like even Dustin Brown has to be like wow that's some luck. On top of the fact that apparently it is being mildly disputed, mostly among Blues fans. I didn't really see it among Kings fans being talked about, but Jake Wesson, as he's leaving the ice at the end of the game, makes a motion, like tilts his head back and sort of makes a motion that it looks like he's spitting. And you don't see anything coming out of his mouth. So you can't really tell if he's spitting up at Blues fans or whatever, or if he's just miming it, or if he's just making a weird head motion. But Jake Wesson may have spit on Blues fans which is so funny to me, but also what a dick move if he did. Yeah, there's a lot of conflicting emotions about it just because I think that it's hilarious, but then also that makes you a terrible person. Right, yeah. It makes you a garbage human being, but also yep. LOL. Yes. <laughs> which is basically a lot of uh, what we think about Muzzin in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in always like, like everything that he does. Right. Just a little bit of conflict back and forth. Like, oh, that was pretty good. But this other thing, so dumb of you. So um, that's a thing. Uh, I will link to it when I post this and you can sort of make up your own mind. But it is very interesting because it does look like he is at least making a hockaloogie motion. But we'll see if that if you think that was really what happened. I don't know. The other game, since we're just trending backwards here, just going in reverse, was of course that crazy Kings Canucks game. I like remembered the thing with Dustin Brown being pushed into the Wongo and the Canucks believe he had just run the goalie or whatever. I don't think that was the case at all. But the Canucks come into the game really angry. And I was listening to, I just thought this was kind of funny because I I listened to a portion of last week's episode right before watching that game. um, And there was a moment where we were talking about the Kings fighting and whatnot because they had had some like run-ins with different players like with Hurdle and then of course with Luongo where you said Diane you were like it would just be kind of fun if like in every game somebody got a little banged up and then like people found a way to blame Dustin Brown for it well somebody did get banged up because Macri got a concussion that is not what I meant hockey guys <laughs> so I, I should I should know this I have seen a lot of like I don't know magic based movies sure okay and you I I, I have to know if you ever make a wish or request like that, you have to be super specific. <laughs> right. um, otherwise, it all backfires. Make sure there's no loopholes in your in your wish. Or whatever. And uh, I obviously uh, phrased that very poorly. 
And it is my personal fault that Matt Green is currently out with uh, concussion-like symptoms, of Poor course. Poor Matt Green. Because so many people fought or, you know, just had brutal hits happen and whatnot during that game. Drew Doughty got slew-footed. You know, the only person to be severely hurt Matt Green. Um, Although, what does that say about the Canucks? Because they were mostly targeting Dustin Brown, and not only did he score the only goal of the game, and thus the game winner, he fought and comes out pretty much unscathed. Like, I don't know what Dustin Brown's skeleton is made of, (laughs) but the dude does not seem to go down very much. It is a blend of adamantium and mithril. That is what he is made out of. And I would like, I, I said that just because I just watched uh, an episode of Archer. Nice. And he says that. So I, I'm now going to, I wasn't thinking of applying that to Dustin Brown, but I will now. I, if, I feel like it fits because people seem to get, like he runs into Tomash Hurdle and Hurdle ruined somehow. Dustin Brown, still going. <laughs> runs into Luongo accidentally because he's, you know, pushed into him after scoring a goal. Luongo, hurt. Dustin Brown, fine, even though his like <laughs> face hits the ice, falling over Luongo. Canucks try to literally just beat him into a pulp. He's cool. It's whatever. We keep going. Not, not a worry for him. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> and I think that really does just like get under people's skin more because he doesn't even seem like a guy who does, you know, he's not the guy who is necessarily deliberately trying to get under your skin in the way that like somebody like Brad Marchand does it where he's clearly talking crap all the time or whatever like Dustin Brown jaws a little bit but not very much like that's not what he's known for he just hits really hard and then doesn't get hurt probably just yelling like why aren't you broken like every time someone tries to check him against the boards they're like did that do it and then he just like bounces back up and like (laughs) it's away and they're like damn it yeah it's cool whatever and I mean like he did have his knee injury so he is immortal he is a a mortal not immortal he is a mortal and can be harmed but not very easily apparently apparently it takes a lot of you know banging him around but um so the person they take out is matt green who has been in and out of the king's lineup for the last couple seasons now so congratulations i don't know they still lost the game and the kings have been fine so far without matt green it sucks that he's hurt but they didn't really do the damage that i think they were aiming to one thing that was really funny to me is that Dustin Brown, the person that he fought when he actually did decide to fight instead of just sort of taking the hits the first during the first period and whatnot, it, he fought Ryan Kessler, and of course they're both going to be on Team USA. So someone asked Dan Bilesma if he had seen it at all, and he had this great quote in uh, Post Gazette, and we'll read it to you now. He says, I haven't seen it. I was still recovering from the Penguins Western Canada road trip, so I didn't turn on that game. I did, however... This morning, hear all about the game. We had a scout at the game who gave Dustin Brown a five in the game, which is the highest rating you can get in the game. He talked about the battle. His comment was, if this is what Team USA will do to each other, then wait until they get Canada on the other side. Yeah, I heard about it. I haven't seen it quite yet. I did hear it get the report that Dustin and all the Olympians were really good in that game. <laughs> which I find so entertaining because that game was so ridiculous. And somehow the Team USA scout was like, this is exactly what we want. I'm just imagining some dude being like, yes, old school hockey, and just wrote Dustin Brown's name, five out of five, and a smiley face. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it kind of makes me 
way more excited for Team USA because now, like, they do have skill guys. Like, they have Patrick Kane, they have Bill Kessel, goal scorer, cool. But they also do have people like Dustin Brown, and clearly they want him to be brutal and annoying and all up in guys' faces, and they want things to be really rough for Canada. It's not just like, oh, we have to have a couple spots for like physical players. It's like, no, this is a very key part of their strategy in building this team is, can you beat somebody up, though? Um, yeah, it's going to be super entertaining, and I'm really excited for it. I do hope that there are just like huge physical altercations, because uh, that that's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need it to be like the Kings Canucks game. I do want it to be like a hockey game. But uh, I, I, you know, I'm a Kings fan, so I don't mind physicality. And I, I think it'll be, I think it could be fun. One thing, though, about the fighting that di- I did see come up in a few places was obviously the big thing was um, Tom Sestito, one second of ice time, comes <laughs> after Jordan Nolan and, you know, racks up penalty minutes and gets thrown out of the game. A few people, it was kind of back and forth about, like, whether or not that was what Jordan Nolan was doing there, if it was on purpose or whatever, whether or not he should have fought. And there were a number of guys, both on the internet and even, like, Kevin BX's weird comment, which I'll mention in a second, talking about that, you know, Jordan Nolan should have fought. And I I disagree. Like, is I thought what Jordan Nolan did was very, very, very smart. And he's done similar things a couple of other times this season because he's not a guy who's afraid to fight, but occasionally he'll read a situation like that and be like, oh, no, I'm just going to chill here and draw a magnificent penalty and then watch you skate away like a Dumbo. And I thought that was wonderfully played and so strategic on his part. And so people were like, oh, he should have fought. Like, I can't believe he backed away from it and looked weak. I was like, I don't, you're, that's dumb. He did something so much greater, I think, in terms of helping his team, even though they couldn't capitalize on it because they decided to be useless. Well, one of the things too, is that it happened at the beginning, like the Canucks came out, you know, fists flying already. So this happened at the first, like in the first period. Right. So... I feel like there wasn't really enough time. Like, obviously, the Canucks were just kind of, like, um, trying to mess with the Kings a bit. But that necessarily wasn't enough to get Jordan Nolan fighting. Like, he does fight, obviously. But, I mean, props to him for knowing that that maybe wasn't the best time to get uh, to go fight someone. That It wasn't really going to change anything. Like, why give in to the Canucks, you know, trying to putting on their big big kid britches and trying to throw you to the ground instead just frustrate them in another way like they try to fight with you and you just be like uh here baby forget it yeah it was definitely more effective i i loved it and i guess and then kevin bx said during post game but it was mentioned on uh america Wyszynski, they said that he had said to some people, you know, they wanted to give credit to Dustin Brown for actually fighting because they had been coming for him all game throughout the first period until he did fight. And like, oh, credit to him for fighting. And then there was like a comment about how like it could have been another Orpic Thornton situation or whatever. You say you're giving credit to Dustin Brown, but actually what happened with Thornton and Brooks Orpic, like Brooks Orpic shouldn't have fought in that situation because he literally was not facing Sean Thornton or engaging him in any sort of conversation. He was pretty much attacked. I think it's weird to 
say that guys have an obligation to always fight and that if they don't fight somehow they're the ones at fault where I and I feel like it's a little different with Jordan Nolan because I think he very deliberately didn't fight like he didn't drop his gloves he held his stick he didn't you know didn't let his helmet fall off nothing it's very strategic but I think in general if dudes don't want to fight they don't want to fight and if you keep coming at them you just look stupid and then that's your problem and, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Cecilia, like, immediately dropped his gloves. And, uh, you know, you can... Uh, dudes always are just like, you know, you want to go? Let's go. Yeah. But I don't think that Jordan Nolan was like, yeah, let's go, and then didn't drop gloves, you know? Right. So I, right. I think it's silly, but that's, uh, that's, that's, but that's even a thing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind... I wouldn't mind fighting being taken out of the game because I don't really care about it. I, if it happens from like genuine emotion whatever fine but i feel like you know jordan nolan in that situation doesn't want to fight tom sestito he should have to fake it (laughs) he should just be cool and then draw the seven minute power play well done to to jordan nolan very 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 poorly done by the Los Angeles. Oh, what a waste (laughs) halfway through the game i was writing notes about it and or not halfway through the game, halfway through the power play, um, I was writing notes about it, and I was like, well, I don't want to jinx them or anything. And then another minute went by, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and write it. And I wrote the words. Uh, the Kings gained a seven-minute power play, but, of course, were not able to capitalize. So the the like, the like rest of the four minutes ticked on, and I was like, oh, yep, I was right. Yeah. This sentence is still true. Yeah, yeah. I knew as soon as they got it. I didn't expect them to do anything with it at all, like not even for a second. I just had fun laughing at Sestito, who is an actual dummy. Yep. I didn't expect the Kings to do any with it, and they did not disappoint in that regard. They did nothing. Okay, guys. Cool. <laughs> I guess that's going to be your strategy. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Luckily, they still won the game. And actually, I think the game ending one nothing was actually more hilarious at the end because of the fact that the only person who had scored was Dustin Brown, despite the fact that they threw away a seven-minute power play and it should have given the Canucks so much momentum they still scored no goals yep so it uh all's well that ends well i say sutter had another quality quote would have been the quote of the week but then the red wings game happened so now this is just the quote of this particular game was him saying they talked about i guess like the shots and you know not being able to capitalize and score more goals and Um, not score on that power play. And he says, that's not disappointing. We've had 40-something shots three of the last five games. So we decided the last two days that we were not going to take any shots. We were only (laughs) going to practice running the goalie because we had to do a better job because they said that's what we do. So we had to do a better job. Throwing some shade over people saying that the Kings just go ahead and run goalies. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like that it does go along with the... Uh, the truth that Daryl Sutter like likes to look out for the players in terms of, you know, speaking ill of them. He will tell the truth about what he thinks if they're not playing well or whatever, but he'll also uh, stand up for them when he feels they have been misrepresented. And that's really cool. A uh, quick preview just because I found this entertaining. So the stadium series coming up next week, Diane's still out of town, but I will be there. So if you see me there, Cool, say hello, whatevs. They released the artist rendering for Dodger Stadium. First of all, it's supposed to look like it's happening at sunset, but it really looks like it's happening during the apocalypse. (laughs) So everybody be prepared for this emergency situation. I like it. 
Direct, directed by directed by Edgar Wright. <laughs> right, yeah. Puck Daddy, when they posted this artist rendering, also noted that there was basically a casting call for because you know they have all of the like road like pavement trimmings or whatever and there's like a volleyball area and some fireworks and other craziness and they're trying to hire extras to ride bikes and like roller skate and walk around and create a quote venice beach atmosphere how do i get this job (laughs) amazing (laughs) why why is this happening i thought when that was rendering was out that it might have been a joke um that the that there was a beach volleyball court um there because that's just like no just play just play the hockey game <laughs> like why why must we do this to all of us like I'm cool I'm, I'm cool with the roller hockey rink because you know it's California and that is how a lot of people start and I think that's a good nod and maybe just a like mild suggestion like hey you guys you can play roller hockey here too you know if that's your jam you know, uh, pick up some sticks and a ball and go play some street hockey. Um, but the beach volleyball court is just so California. Uh, that is, it, it kind of hurts a little. It's so random. And I mean, and then my other thing is like, if you're going to go for that vibe, you just want to make it like really active all the time because they're only going to be, I guess, playing and having people in those sections during like intermissions and whatnot, which fine, whatever. But if you're going to do that, there are literally like actual volleyball teams and whatnot why are you hiring or kind of hiring because i think all of these extras or whatever are actually supposed to be volunteers so why are you basically having this like background action casting call instead of just (laughs) having like actual local volleyball or roller hockey teams play i'm sure they would love the opportunity at to do this at dodger stadium oh los angeles you special place oh la i'm so i'm really excited for this uh, the stadium series. It's going to be at the height of ridiculous. So, oh, so then I also want to mention before we wrap this up really quick is that Puck Daddy and, or in, in conjunction with the Royal Half crew, are doing an LA meetup the night before the stadium series. It's going to be at Big Wang's downtown, downtown LA. Um, I think I'm going to go to it. So if you want to say hi, feel free. Um, I will be representing Thanks Bud, and Diane will still be in Utah representing Trevor Lewis. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> I like desperately need to find some Trevor Lewis trinket from Utah <laughs> and bring it back, and either it will be a good luck um, charm and he'll score 80 million goals, or I will have to chuck it into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Amazing. So... I will probably be at this meetup. She will still be there. It'll be like, it'll be beautiful. It'll be bright and sunny and warm. There is going to be so much ambiance. I would love it if people like in roller skates were just like going up and down the like staircases or like the aisleways like <laughs> yeah. up front in the in the stands because that would be as ridiculous as I would think it would be. So there's beach volleyball happening and I am just in the snow of Utah. <laughs> oh, no. Unfair. Oh no, yeah, that is too bad. But at least you're doing something fun for the most part in Utah. Yeah, I am doing It's a lot of fun, yes. I am having fun. I repeat to myself over and over again. (laughs) As you freeze in the snow. (laughs) As I freeze in the snow and don't get any sleep whatsoever. Oh man. All right, everybody. So um, if I see you at the meetup, 
really cool. If I see you at the Stadium Series game, awesome. Hopefully between now and then, the Kings win some more, and we can all be very happy heading into that game. Diane, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Um, let me think. I'm trying to think of any other Kings player who has a, some sort of scoring drought or points drought or something of the sort, because apparently this road trip is the time to do it. Oh. If Mike Richards and Trevor Lewis are apparently going to get their shit together and uh, score goals and make things happen. I can think of a few. First, more realistically, I will start with Slava Voinov, who has points, but has not scored a goal in a very long time. And then also... Willie Mitchell still needs his first goal of the season. And <gasps> Robin Rakir. I cannot <laughs> believe that you just referenced him as my boy. <laughs> so true. One, though. because I hate that. And two, because you didn't also include the word Sasky. So Oh yes. Yeah, Wait not not call back our own reference. <laughs> Your Sasky boy, Robin Regeer, who is reunited with Lyndon Bay. What what a great time. Oh, okay. Okay. Seriously, though, in my fantasy fan fiction of Robin Regeer scoring his first goal, it's uh, it's going to be with an assist from Lyndon Bay. Shut who does, up. Who does want to pass the <laughs> Why he would be passing it to a defenseman <laughs> scenario, I don't know. Um, but that would be amazing. If that could happen. So the first game that Lyndon Bay comes back on, if he could just pass to Robin Regeer and if Regeer could score, I would be insanely happy. And then I would start becoming like a betting woman because apparently I can predict these things. Right, right. I mean, look, dude, Trevor Lewis almost got a hat trick after we joked about it a bunch. So anything is possible. Uh, and, ha- and let them get it against like the Blackhawks. Oh, man. So let's end it on that wish <laughs> wish upon a star robin regeer's first goal against the chicago blackhawks actually which would be so appropriate because he's the one who scored that own goal in the western conference finals last season he's got to make things right yes and with an assist from london bay make it so you did us a solid for trevor lewis it took a while but we got there please <laughs> do us this favor for robin regeer oh if only <laughs> a girl can dream oh man all right everybody we will catch you uh hopefully next week if for whatever reason there are some technical difficulties and we can't record a podcast then we'll see you two weeks from then either way until then take care of yourselves bye everyone bye friends <laughs>